You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you, Savannah, for introducing the topic. Thank you, Emily. That was sweet. My topic today is faith and entertainment. I don't need to tell you that we are bombarded by entertainment. Movies, television, music, video games, social media. So my question for you today is, are you allowing your media consumption to shape your spirituality? Are you allowing your media consumption to shape your spirituality? Well, the answer is yes. It's a silly question. (laughs) Of course you are. Am I allowing this Big Mac and French fries to affect my cholesterol? It's not a question of allowing. All right, let's talk about things that affect my spirituality, that help shape mine, that I hope shape yours as well in a positive way. Asia, let's go to the next slide. We've all been to Sunday school. The Bible, right? The Bible is supposed to shape your spirituality. Next, the Holy Spirit. We're at Asbury. Sola Scriptura need not be so sola, right? Next, I don't know how that got there. Uh, Next slide, please. (laughs) Church, back on track. Sunday morning, our church community should be shaping our spirituality. Next slide, please. I'm sorry, this was a show written by an atheist. I don't think these are my slides. Can we go to the next one, please? (laughs) Chapel, allow me to shape your spirituality, people. (laughs) Next slide. Oh, okay. Um, I think this one's allowed because it has the Bible in it, right? (laughs) All right, good. Next. Okay. (laughs) You're going to have to give me a little grace here. Charles Schultz, after all, was a Christian, and... I grew up thinking I was Charlie Brown, so (laughs) what are we going to do? Next. Oh, but it made me cry. Come on. Next. These guys again? Come on. Next slide, Asia. (laughs) My soul belongs to God, I know. I made that bargain long ago. He gave me hope when hope was gone. He gave me strength to carry on. Who am I? (laughs) Who am I? Next slide. What did they do? What they could. Next slide. (laughs) Dying is easy, young man. It's living that's hard. Next. Okay. I have to confess, I actually wrote a devotional about this movie and sent it around to the faculty, so I can't say anything about this. Next, yeah. I think think we're done with this. I think we're done with this. Now, I can hear some of you saying, ugh, Gaffney sees God everywhere. Well, true, because God is everywhere, right? Omnipresent. It's not a question of where God is. It's just a question of can we see him? And can we distinguish him from all the noise? Blessed are your eyes because they see. Blessed are your ears because they hear. Matthew 13. We Christians make a huge mistake all the time. We separate out the things of God from all the other things in life. And the truth of the matter is, there is no separation. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it all to the glory of God. Like it or not, our culture is shaping our spirituality. Like it or not, we don't have the things of the Spirit down here in Hughes and all of those other different things up there in McCrellis and Miller and on our screens and in our earbuds. So what do we do? 
How do we deal with a media that is shaping our spirituality? I'm going to propose three things. Fear not, wear the right shoes, and quote Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> fear not. Isaiah 41, fear not, for I am with you. Joshua 1, do not be frightened. 2 Timothy 1, for God gave us a spirit not of fear. Deuteronomy 31, do not fear or be in dread. Isaiah 41, fear not. Isaiah 43, fear not. Luke 12, fear not. Mark 5, do not fear. Mark 6, do not be afraid. Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Fear not. Get the idea? The most common phrase spoken by God and his angels to humans is do not be afraid. Now, note that I am not saying do not feel fear. Fear is a healthy emotion. What God is saying is don't allow fear to control you. When you are in the presence of God, you can be so afraid, so frightened that you can't hear a single thing he's saying. Or you can be so focused that everything becomes crystal clear. So what are we afraid of when it comes to entertainment? <laughs> Let me pick two. For those of us going into it, the fear is that Hollywood is Sodom and Gomorrah. Anybody heard that? Let me address that for you. It's a lie. Hollywood is not Sodom and Gomorrah. Dean Batali loves to say that by definition, Hollywood cannot be Sodom and Gomorrah because there are more than 10 righteous people there. At the very worst, it's Nineveh, which is where God sent Jonah. Let me tell you, in Los Angeles, there is a vibrant and thriving Christian community. There are so many ways for a Christian to plug in. So many churches, so many ministries, so many prayer groups, Bible studies, small groups. For a Christian to be in Hollywood and be a Lone Ranger Christian, they would have to work at it. The other thing we're afraid of, the slippery slope. The idea is, is that entertainment is a slippery slope. One day you're watching The Chosen and the next thing you know, you're broke living in a motel outside of Vegas, snorting jujubes and addicted to the Real Housewives of Lexington. <laughs> yeah, maybe. One of my least favorite phrases to ever hear is stay away from there. That's a slippery slope. The truth of the matter is you are called to live on the slippery slope. Your faith is called to deepen to mature. You're supposed to be going from milk to meat. You are supposed to be getting better. You are supposed to be going up. And you can't go up if you're not on a slope. Jesus lived on the slippery slope. And we are called to follow Jesus. So <laughs> guess where we're going? Question I get from parents of prospective students, from many of y'all's parents, is how can I make sure that my child's faith does not change while they are away at college? And my answer is, you should be praying that your child's faith does change while they're away at school. If you walk out of Asbury and your faith has not changed, we have failed you. Your faith needs to be tested. Your faith needs to be challenged. You need iron sharpening iron. We need our faith to grow stronger and more open, to grow deeper and more loving, to grow wider, as wide as the arms of Jesus. 2 Peter 1, do your best to improve your faith by adding goodness, understanding, self-control, patience, devotion to God, concern for others, and love. If you keep growing in this way, it will show that what you know about your Lord Jesus Christ has made your lives useful and meaningful. But if you don't grow, 
You are like someone who is nearsighted or blind, and you have forgotten that your past sins are forgiven. So we're on a slope. What do we do? We wear the right shoes. You're on a slope. Don't be wearing your slippers. We're not inside your house trying to keep your carpet from getting dirty. You need a good pair of hiking boots. You need soles with traction. See what I did there? That was a pun. It was like souls and souls and yeah, yeah, wait, okay, yeah, okay. So what does that look like? What does it look like to wear the right shoes? It's wisdom. First part of wisdom is know where you are. Know that you are on a slope. Do not be casual or careless with your entertainment. My first year here at Asbury, I went to a soccer game. The star player of the other team went down. The coaches and the medics ran out into the field trying to revive her. And while they were working on her on the field, a group of Asbury students cheered. A fellow human being made in the image of our God lying on a field, and we cheered. It's just watching sports. It doesn't shape me. Know where you are. Be mindful of where you are stepping. Be mindful of what you're consuming and how it affects you. The second part of maturity is to know who you are. You are all adults here. You all need to become mature. And mature is not, oh, I need to be so mature that I can watch R-rated material and it doesn't affect me. That's not maturity. In fact, much of the entertainment that's labeled for mature audiences only should be labeled, this was created for immature audiences by immature creators. What it looks like is knowing who you are knowing what affects you and how it affects you, and being smart about what slopes you're getting on and what slopes are too dangerous. My wife cannot do visual violence. I can't handle sexual violence. It erodes my soul. I know it's not real. I know it's just a TV show. I know it's just a movie. I know it's just a book. It doesn't matter. It erodes my soul, so I avoid those things. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. 1 Corinthians 10. So watch your step. There are dangers and there are gifts in entertainment. Can you distinguish between them? Can you see what is good? And I'm not just talking here about content. Walt Wangren Jr. says, bad stories are stories that do bad, like lying. But stories that contain the badness of the world... They are not bad. In fact, some of them are the best stories. Earl Palmer, in his book, The Humor of Jesus, says there's two kinds of humor. There's a good humor and a bad humor. He calls them a healthy humor and an unhealthy humor. I think we can apply that to all of our entertainment. Healthy entertainment connects us rather than divides us. The good entertainment takes our common experience and says, I see you, and we're all in this together. For example, remember the last time that you could not control your anger and so you allowed Thanos to snap his fingers and destroy half the universe? Remember when you did that? Remember when you... No, that wasn't you. That wasn't you. Remember the last time you couldn't control your anger, so you said something you instantly regretted and you hurt someone you love? You hurt him so bad, it felt like you had destroyed half the universe? Remember that? Ah, so it was you. Healthy entertainment builds up. Healthy entertainment nourishes rather than erodes. So ask yourself, am I a little better after watching this movie? Or am I a little worse? Am I more loving because of this TV show? Or am I even more angry at my fellow man? Am I motivated to change the world? Or am I just motivated to complain and gripe and snipe more? 
Am I more open to connection and community because of this video game? Or am I going to seek even more isolation? Am I using my entertainment as that, entertainment? Or is it replacing my interaction with the world? Is your dessert a treat? Or has your dessert become the main meal till you get to the point where you're eating nothing but Pop-Tarts and Doritos? Not that I speak from experience. <laughs> so, we know entertainment shapes us. We are not afraid, and we have put on the right shoes. Now let's quote Jean-Luc Picard. And not make it so, and certainly not tea, Earl Grey, hot. That's my Patrick Stewart imitation. But engage. We need to engage our culture. There are some skeptics out there who are going to ask, does the secular world have anything of value to say to us? God talks to us using all sorts of things. This is a, a dying fig tree, a oversized fish, talking donkey. Anything that God has created, God can use to communicate, including those secular things that he made in his own image. Imagine that. I lived in Hollywood for over 10 years. I worked in theater and media my entire life, and one thing has become obvious to me. The artists, the majority of the artists, that create your TV shows, your movies, your plays, they want to make the world a better place. They want to make the world a better place. So much so, they're actually even made fun of it, right? They will solve all your problems in one 30-minute episode. Focus on the first part of that. They're trying to solve problems. In fact, our culture often sees problems that we are ignoring, that we just have not yet seen. There are conversations going on outside of the church about the danger of the erosion of civility in our country while we were too busy being obsessed at how persecuted American Christians are because some Jewish greeter at the Kmart sincerely hopes that we have a happy holiday. Hollywood itself was attempting to put a stop to systemic sexism while many of our churches were devoting huge portions of their budgets to go to lawyers in the hopes of keeping the victims in their congregations to keep their mouths shut. It's a hard truth, but Steve Deneff was right. Steve told us that Jonah, the servant of God, was asleep in the bottom of the boat while the sailors who worshiped false idols were scrambling to save the ship. We Christians are asleep making movies that say, hey, you Christian, don't change, you're good. While Hollywood, those worshipers of the false idols, are scrambling to try to save the ship. We need to wake up. The question is not whether the secular world has anything to say to us. The real question for us is, can we take the good and not the bad? Ha <laughs> ha, that requires thought. That's hard. That's a paradox. We are called to be in the world, but not of the world. The easy answer, of course, is just to stay off the slope. Just avoid it. Jesus, rather than fleeing, prayed this for his followers. Father, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but protect them from the evil one. So what do we do? What do we do when we're in a world that does not agree with us, that sees it, things differently than we do? What do we do when we're called to be in that world, to be in it, to be on the slope? What do we do with a world that thinks differently about sexuality, that thinks differently about alcohol, about drugs, about cigarettes, that thinks differently about swearing, about taking the Lord's name in vain, a world that thinks differently about power, that thinks differently about greed, 
that thinks differently about if and when politics and, re and religion should intersect. What do we do? Huh. We pray, we read, we think, we listen, we love, we try and we fail, we discern, we get together and we discern together. And then we listen some more, and then we love some more, and then we try some more, and then we fail some more, and we get back down on our knees and we pray some more. Is this messy? <laughs> yeah. Wrestling is messy. Does this mean that there are no answers? That there are no boundaries? That there is no truth with a capital T? Of course not. My friend Matthew Rayburn gave me this quote. I think I'm going to put it on my wall. He says, morality is not relative, it's complicated. Morality is not relative, it's complicated. There are good things in our entertainment if we can get through the complications, if we can figure out how to take the good and not the bad. Ted Lasso, that's a show that's not right for all of us. It is a show that we have to take if we take it with discernment. But if we have the right eyes, can we see God there? Season three, episode one features two press conferences. The first press conference is given by a character named Nate. Nate is the coach of an opposing team, and he uses his press conference to utterly destroy Ted Lasso. He goes after him. He attacks him personally. He attacks his ability to be a coach. He attacks the quality of his team. He obliterates them. Ted's boss immediately says, we've got to get back up there, and we have got to punch back. This is a PR nightmare. We have got to get back on top. You need to destroy Nate. So Ted, when he was in his press conference, was asked by the press, what did he think about Nate's comments? Here is what he said. I thought he was hilarious. I mean, he really came and got me, but that's Nate the Great for you, you know. He's the same way on the pitch. He'll find the tiniest weakness in a team and just want to attack that. I mean, he's a junkyard dog, man. Oh, and smart. They're real lucky to have him over there at West Ham. I wish him the best of luck. That's not my instinct. When I'm attacked, <laughs> my instinct is not love. I tell you, love your enemy. Pray for those who hurt you. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. So all of these things that I say that I get from entertainment, can we get those from the Bible? Do we need entertainment? Of course we can get them from the Bible. Hollywood did not invent its principles. It borrowed them. Biblical principles. Are we called to be reading the Bible and seeking out these principles? Yes. Are we called to take those principles and to apply them in every area of our life? Yes. Do we? Do we? It's one thing to know that Jesus said, love your enemy, forgive, and that he expects us to do it quite another to actually do it. Does it help me that Ted Lasso says you can love your enemies and then gives a practical example of how to do that? Does it help me that when Charlie Brown gets depressed, he goes on a journey to seek answers? Does it help me that Hamilton is destroyed by his own pride and it takes him years to figure out who he's really supposed to be? Does it help me that Jojo's mom hangs in the town square because she did what she could? Does it help me that Kevin T remembers that that song that has been haunting his dreams was make me a channel of your peace? Does it help me that T'Challa chooses to no longer be controlled by anger? That the Iron Giant chooses to not be a weapon? That Schofield chooses to run along the trench with his message even though he knows he's already too late? 
that Aunt May feels the great responsibility of being blessed so much that she devotes her life to serving her community. Does that help? I think so. Your spirituality is going to be shaped by the media you consume. Make no mistake. And that can be a good thing. Make no mistake. But don't allow it to replace your spirituality. Don't make that mistake. Build on the rock. Jesus, center of all. The Bible, the Holy Spirit, the communion of the saints, and occasionally, if you're up to it, Spider-Man and Ted Lasso. Please pray with me. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are a God of creativity, that you are a creator God, and we thank you, Lord, that you have made us in that image. We thank you, Lord, for the power of story, the power that helps us to understand our world, that helps us to understand each other, that helps us to get glimpses, painful though they may sometimes be, into our own souls. We thank you, Lord, for the culture that you have placed us in. We thank you, Lord, that we need not war with this culture, but we just need to engage with this culture. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we need not be careless, that we need not be casual. We thank you, Lord, for ears that may hear. We thank you, Lord, for giving us eyes that we may see. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God who never fails. We pray all this in the name of the great storyteller, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.